Well, it's been a little while since we've done a gardening tour back with Scotty Sharp. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Good afternoon. It's always good the A-team being back together again. <laughs> Greg will be upset, but he's not listening yet. He's still asleep, ready to cover for Kev today. Uh, right. Well, the alarm will go off soon. He'll hear us and you'll know top quality, top shelf again. Top shelf. Yeah. All right, mate. Big gardening talk back show today. Apart from calls, what are you going to be covering in the we, next hour? We do have topics to talk of, Mark. We do? Yeah, we're going to talk about... I, actually, I wanted to find out. I was driving out here and I saw a lady with one of those weeding tools. And I wanted to know what people out there use as weeding tools. Do they work? Is it better than actually using the sprays? So if people want to call in and talk about that, we'll be happy to take those calls. Uh, I thought we'd also talk about a calipers. And I went down to the Whiteley Garden in North Sydney and I'd like to talk about that. It was beautiful. All right, a big gardening tool back, and I do mean big, with Scotty Sharp the next couple of minutes... Good afternoon, Michael uh, from Curry. You've got something for Scott today. Mate, I certainly do. I don't know the name of this thing. Uh, I call it the weeding stick. <laughs> what a what a good name for it. I, I, we should patent that name straight away. It, it's so simple. You just walk into Curry Curry by the tent. Yep. And you say, "I want a weeding stick," and they will grab you one without any delay whatsoever. Mate, can, so, you, can you describe how the weeding stick works for us? Magic. <laughs> you got to give us a little bit more than that, uh, Michael. I mean, I know it's magic, but Scotty wants you to delve a bit deeper today. Yeah, because look, I saw this lady down on her hands and knees doing the old-fashioned method as I was driving along today. She was there with a weeding fork and just going through the entire front yard, and I thought, that can't be a good way to do it, but there must be a better way than spraying as well. So you're saying the weeding stick is the way to go, are you, Michael? It is the business. God, I saw God using one himself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about a metre long. Yes. It's got a prong on the end of it like a, a miniature... You know those um, those post-hole shovels that you yes. operate? Yes, I do know those, yep. Handle jobs, right? So it's a, it's a small spike like that. So you, you obviously spear... The, the centre of the weed with that. Yes. And the stick has got your old-fashioned um, weeding fork sticking off the side. Yep. So the pincers, the pincers grab the root of the weed and you lever it out and you just tap the stick and it releases the, the weed. Okay, sounds sounds like a very good idea. Uh, I reckon it's probably only going to work on those dandelion ones that got the big taproot bindies and things aren't going to work. But mm-hmm. if anyone else has got any uh, other uh, home remedies, something someone's welded together even to... Oh, what, it knocked it up in the shed over the weekend, you reckon? Uh, it'd be good if it had some sort of mechanical feature, a motor, for instance, <laughs> in a gearbox. I'd like to know about that as well, getting you, rid of weeds. Are you looking to break the next big thing, like on um, on those infomercials, are well, you? Look, you and I, we, we can... What was that uh, that show on TV, <laughs> you know, where the, they'd go before the experts or the investors and we'll invest some money yes. in it? Yes. Yeah, well, well I've got, I've got a, I'm good for a tan. Yeah. I've, got a tan. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a gold coin here. We'll see how we go with it. <laughs> that's still about 89% that's coming my way, Scotty. So, you anyway. Get written in the contract. Good afternoon, Graham at Rutherford. Graham, you've got a question for Scotty in relation to apple cucumbers today, Graham. Yeah, that's right. Yep. How can we help you, Graham? Uh, uh, Scott, I've, I've got apple cucumbers. They got, um, they're running everywhere. They got. Yellow flowers on. Yes. Uh, and I've got some at the mother-in-law's, and I've got them on a trellis, like going up a um, 
reinforcement. Mm-hmm. It's going over, going over the fence, um, but there's no fruit. Oh, but you have got the flowers on there, though. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what you need now. Those flowers are going to turn into fruit for you. Uh, right. Yeah, just a bit of patience. Now, did they come on after we've just had this bit of rain? Oh, they, they started to come before the rain. Yeah, but I mean, they really they gone this earth after the rain. Yeah, that, that's look, that's really really good. So those flowers are going to turn into fruit for you, and yep. the good news is it's still pretty warm. Uh, so they are going to ripen up for you. So you yeah. are going to get your apple cucumbers out of that. Yeah, and there's a, um, I mean, there's a few bees and that run around down there too um, on them. So now the the thing to do with you've done well, you've got them up on a trellis and running around that way. Uh, but cucumbers do get fungal disease here in Newcastle when it starts to get a bit humid, and now is the humid time of the year. So yeah. uh, some spraying's probably not going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a good thing for you, not out of the question. I would go and get a fungicide like uh, Mancozeb Plus and just do a preventative spray all over the leaves of the apple cucumber. You can also do the flowers as well. Uh, that'll protect yeah. any blossom end, end rot going into the uh, into the cucumber. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it'll just keep everything under control for you. And I reckon in about oh, three to four weeks, you'll have some nice cucumbers coming out. Yeah, because there's flowers everywhere. They just... It's just like one bloom. Yeah, you that, know? that is fantastic. Graham, yeah. when, when you actually get those cucumbers, mate, you know where to find us. Absolutely love well, I, apple cucumbers. Well, I, I bring think, them in, think, bring them in. I think we'll have plenty for you. <laughs> <laughs> bring yeah. them down to 2 and uh, to to your RFM, will I? That sounds pretty good. I've heard about them in gin and tonics. I don't like the taste of it, though, but on a nice sandwich, very, very crispy, very nice. I'm more of a fan of the apple cucumber than the the regular green cucumber, but that's just me. Okay. Yeah. Just appearance or taste? What what is it that's doing it for you? Oh, taste. I love the taste of apple cucumber. Yeah, Yeah. it is a bit crisp, isn't it? Yeah. Good afternoon, Andrew at Singleton. Uh, You'd like to have a, a look at nut grass today. Yeah, I've got a bit of a problem with it in uh, in a garden bed as well as through the yard. Um, and I'm aware of a product by Ambro called Fetch Hammer, uh, but it's very expensive. Um, also, I believe it's a Group B herbicide, so it may become resistant after several treatments. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if there were uh, if that's a worry and if there are alternatives. Uh, look, unfortunately, the what I would do is have a look at the uh, you know without giving any sort of you know. Um, recommendations you know exactly about specific brands i'd have a look at what the active constituent is of that product sledgehammer and uh, see what that is and see if you can find that in a you know in in another brand as well it might be a bit cheaper uh, you know might be uh, you know in in some sort of other form and uh, try and use that on the weed Uh, unfortunately with nutweed the only other thing of course is the glyphosate and you have to be very careful about putting that on and you can't put it around roses so there's all of those things that get in your way of using glyphosate to get rid of the nutgrass so yeah look i would have a look at that Uh, either go with the sledgehammer or check out what the active constituent is and see if you can find that in another form somewhere else in another chemical another brand okay um as far as the nutweed uh, becoming resilient to it, uh, as long as you're using that according to directions and you know the recommend a, recommended uh, frequency that they suggest, uh, then it shouldn't become uh, you know resistant to it, and you should be able to get it out of your garden. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrew. As we head to Rutherford. G'day, Cole. You've got a question in relation to uh, passion fruit for Scotty Sharp today. Hello, Cole. How can we help you, mate? 
all the passion fruit there, they've got stacks of flowers on them, but they're not, they're opening right up. Then when they close up, they just fall off, but there's no bees around. Would that be the problem? Uh, look, that could be the problem that they're not getting pollinated. Uh, I don't know what's happening in my place. I went out to put my clothes out this morning on the line. I've got some lily pillies around the back, uh, back around the back fence, and I could hear this sort of industrial hum. And I live in Carrington. I thought oh, I was just a coal loader or something going off, but it wasn't. It was bees. So so many bees. So I need to probably get them up uh, your way, Cole, to uh, to start pollinating your passion fruit. Yes, mate. Look, that would be a problem. Uh, the other thing I would be doing as well is using some sulfate of potash. Now, what it does, it also it promotes flowering in plants, but it also makes the you know the flowering material stronger. So you don't get that uh, you know that uh, petal drop or the flower drop when the plant gets a little bit stressed. Uh, look, with passion fruit. Uh, always say that if it gets a little bit too late and things start to cool off, they're not going to ripen properly anyway. So, you know, if you don't start to see fruit forming in the next couple of weeks, I would probably start to thin those flowers out and uh, let the uh, the plant put more energy back into the actual leaves and structure. Yeah, yeah. it's more or less took off since the rain. Yeah, and I think I think that's happened with a lot of people. Uh, you know, the passion fruit's gone like that. Uh, as to, as to why you know the rain would affect the flowers falling off, I, I don't think that's the case. It might just be that they've put on too many too quickly, uh, and you know they're they're dropping you know because the plant realizes it can't no, support yeah. yeah that much flower. So that's why I'm saying go with the sulfate of potash as well, just to try and promote that strength of flowering next time. Thank yep. you so much, Cole. And uh, we're going a little bit further further afield now, Scotty. Going to uh, the uh, area of Kula. G'day, Matt at Kula. What near Merriwar are you today? Uh, yeah, mate, I'm about probably 80 k's to the northwest of Merriwar. Gee, you're coming in for a long... Are you listening to us on the app, are you? Oh, I've got my own FM antenna system installed <laughs> with boosters, etc. So you've got to be careful what you say about me because I'll hear it. <laughs> mate, I was going to say, you're not listening to us with the old cup and string method that far, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Probably would work better your way because you're down the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, look, we've got all the technology, technological answers here. We do. Gardening oh, talk crack, yeah. <laughs> How can that's we help you with your garden, though? <clears throat> Mate, I've got the bloody cactuses. I suppose they look a bit like a cactus and a bit like a prickly pear. They're an ornamental thing, yes. probably about the size of a football, and they're running right. They're turning up quicker than a mob of illegal immigrants at a mobile coffee shop at the moment, and I've tried everything I can to poison them, and I just can't get on top of them. They're actually coming in under the house as well, under the one corner. Now, they're on, I know they're on a big root system, so what's the best best method to get rid of them? So what chemicals have you got there? You sounds like you're on a farm or a property of some sort. No, no I'm in town. You're in town. But what okay. I've done, I've tried um, Roundup, mm-hmm. uh, just a tad stronger than what it should have been, I suppose. Yeah, so yeah it makes no sense. Never even turned a blind eye to that. Yeah. Uh, then I tried some dicamba because it's pretty largely broadleaf. Yes. Uh, nah, they love that stuff. And I've, since then I've tried a product called Tree Killer, which national parks use to get rid of prickly pear, and it never even touched them. Yeah, so look, that's what I was going to suggest, using that uh, tree and blackberry killer, they call it. Yeah. Uh, so you can spray that on. The yep. other th- way you can get, uh, you can actually apply it to the plants is you can... Uh, drill it into the plant if you want mm-hmm. to and uh, then inject it with a syringe and let that soak down into the plant. That will then go down through the root system. Yep. Now, that works particularly well, uh, you know, if you've cut a plant down and you, you've got the stump there, you drill a whole lot of, you know, holes in the stump. Yep. 
Uh, then you go and pour that in. You wait for a couple of hours. It sort of gets absorbed down into the plant. You go and top those holes up again. Uh, and it works a treat because it gets drawn down and kills everything. So you don't get yeah, sucker, right suckers on. and things going through. Yep. Uh, so look, I'd probably give that another try and apply yep. it in that with that method if you can. Certainly give it a spray as well. But yeah. uh, if you can, cut uh, and find you know some sort of stump or trunk and uh, drill into that and then inject into there and see how you go. Yeah. Well, there'll be no stump or trunk because these are sort of like one plant just runs into the next and they're only about the size of a football, but there'd be like hundreds of them in one corner of the yard. So I'm, I got to wondering if I dug up, because they're all a similar root system, if I dug one of them up and poisoned that root, would it actually would the poison actually pass through to the rest of them? Yes, I think it would. I would give that yep. a try. It might yep. just be a bit of experimentation with you. And what I would yeah. do is if you're, um, pardon me, if you decided to do that method, and drill in and, and try and poison one, you know, one of those roots or stumps that you yep. find. I'd also give the rest of it a spray as well, just to try and yeah. really, you know, knock it on the head and have it reeling. Yep. You're a wealth of information, aren't you? Well, we try our best. It's a shallow well sometimes, but uh, <laughs> you've, you've dug a little bit deeper for us. Matt, we'll throw a bit of quick yep. information back your way for the town of Coolar. You got a, yeah, mate. As of the last census, one thousand two hundred ninety people live there, and the meaning. Do you know what your, the meaning for your town name is? Valley of the Winds. Angry. Angry? Yeah, Angry. that's me. That's me. <laughs> Good on you, Matt. All right, we'll continue with the calls. G'day, Brian on the Central Coast of Gorakin. You've got a question about the Birds of Paradise plant, Scotty, today. Hello, Brian. Yeah, mate. How can we help, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I've got a big clump of the Bird of Paradise, and they've been unattended for so long, and they've just gotten really rubbishy and horrible and sick. Yes, Oh, just question is, can I cut them off at ground level? Will they come back? Yeah, look, you can cut them off at ground level. They tend to reshoot from inside the uh, clump again. Have you got the uh, big traveller's palm or the smaller bird of paradise? I don't know the difference. It's the tall one. They get really tall. Yeah, okay. You've probably got what, what I call traveller's palm. It, it is very, very big. Uh, you Look, you can cut them. They'll just sort of reshoot new ones from out of the middle of where you've cut them from. Uh, same with the uh, the smaller bird of paradise as well. You can almost go around. I remember pruning one one time. I just went around with a chainsaw sort of around the outside of it down at ground level and just tidied it up that way. Uh, bird of paradise are a plant uh, because they do have that clumping, uh, you know, sort of style about them. You wouldn't put them anywhere near a retaining wall or near your house uh, because they are very difficult to get out because the way they just spread out and, and uh, form that big sort of... Uh, uh, root system that you know that they do have so look yes you can um, give them a prune back um, by running around the outside of it uh, you can tidy them up on the inside and it just will freshen them up they'll just sort of come back nicer from the inside uh, without all those um, you know messy old leaves that they get over time can i do it now this time of the year mate absolutely they're as tough as nails you can probably do it at any time of year even in the middle of winter Thank you very much, Brian. And continuing now with uh, Paul from uh, Birmingham Guns. G'day, Paul. Hey, Paul. How can we help, mate? Uh, g'day. Um, I bought a, um, a little terrarium-type shade house to raise seeds in that I've got on my bay window. Yes. Um, last July, I put in some rapist palm. I've got a variegated rapist palm. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to increase the numbers of them, of course. So I put in about 30 seeds. And I've got about 18 of them come up. Oh, very good. Of yeah. which about six look to be variegated, which I'm very happy about. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wondered, I wanted to leave them in there until they get a few more sets of leaves. And I'm just wondering, should I be fertilising them with anything? 
Yeah, look, you can certainly fertilise them. I'd fertilise them with a, a nitrogen-rich fertiliser. Uh, go along to your local garden centre and uh, your, the staff there should be able to help you out with specific brands. But it, what you do is, if you want to go and do it yourself, just go to the fertiliser section of your garden centre, uh, yeah. turn them around, and you'll see uh, that there are, you know, it says nitrogen, potassium, or it lists all the different elements that are going to be inside uh, in that uh, chemical for you, that fertilizer, and you want yeah. to see nitrogen just up the top and you know quite high in that. There is one called Flourish Green and Growth, uh, which okay. is very high in nitrogen, so that would be a good one for you to use on rafus palms. And should I leave them in that like seed tray until they've got like three or four sets of leaves? At the moment, they've got like two and three. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm wondering if you should separate them at this point in time so the root system, if you've got them in a, an open tray, the roots might start to become entangled. Uh, and no, it, it's a separated tray. Oh, it's a separated it's like, tray. It's got, yeah, it's got about 30 little compartments in the tray. <sighs> Excellent. Okay, well, that, that's very good. Uh, look, yeah, certainly leave them in there in that case. Until about, what, four sets of leaves? I would, should I take yeah, the I, top off? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, when you say take the top off, what do you mean? Uh, take the top off the, the seed tray? The yeah, the plastic um, cover that's yeah. got the air vents in it. Should I take that off? Or yes, leave it yeah. off? No, take that off and let them uh, have a little bit more height to grow. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, thank, thank you so much, Paul, uh, for your uh, contribution to the show today. Well, Scotty, you, you probably looking at the clock going, gee, I've, my topics are safe. I can save them up for next week. But uh, no, we've got a bit of time now, so let's get into a couple of them. Oh, I thought you were going to do that to me. Well, we've yeah. used, a, we, we used up the weeding one. We had a couple of good ones. We didn't we get did. the mechanical no, weeding tool no, that we wanted. Surely somebody's been in the shed and knocked up something to, to help around the garden. There's got to be somebody that's done that. Yeah, I mean, people could have even called up and said they've got a tractor and a plough behind them, and that does the same thing. Actually, technically, no. We had uh, we When we were at Kula, he knocked up the aerial, some sort of illegal device up there to get the... <laughs> Yeah, that was just to, to, to pull the uh, radio station in. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what that was about. but I'm, So we've got somebody that's knocking something up in the shed. I was going to talk about a, a calipers. They're a, sort of a bit of an underutilised plant uh, now. Some people would say they're a little bit old-fashioned. We wouldn't. No, we wouldn't because they're probably of our time, so quite current. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's look at it that way. Let's look at it that way. Look, the reason I talk about a calipers is because at this time of year they are looking spectacular uh, with the uh, humidity and the rain we've just had. Uh, a calipers are a very colourful plant, really beautiful reds, uh, you know, contrasting with greens and some yellows as well. Now, I guess they probably do grow a little bit better, uh, you know, up around Coffs Harbour where the nighttime temperatures don't drop quite as low here, but you certainly are starting to see them uh, around here in Newcastle. A very good hedging plant. Uh, you can get dwarf ones, you can get taller growing ones with uh, bigger leaves, different variegations on those leaves. Uh, and a plant that doesn't you know, get out of control on you. Uh, it can be pruned back, like I said, and used as some hedging, but it can also just be used as a feature plant in the garden. Uh, so look, there's uh, quite a lot of different ones. There's a firestorm, which has some pink um, outlines to the leaves, so it's a little bit brighter than others. There's also a Califer Inferno, gets about a metre tall, uh, and again has that really nice, red, you know, sort of almost blood red foliage uh, to it. Uh, look, very easy to propagate as well. So if you do find one, uh, you know, down the street in someone's garden, Knock on the door. Leave it, leave it. <laughs> Knock on the door and ask if you can have some. Uh, just take, uh, you know, some of those tip cuttings around, uh, you know, from where the 
I guess, where the plant's starting to just harden off a little bit. Uh, get some uh, rooting powder, uh, dip it into there, and uh, you'll certainly get some acalifer little shoots growing like uh, Paul had his rafus palms going from seed. Or just wait until they're off down to the shops buying some toilet paper and then sneak in the front yard. And That's another way lining up to do that. <laughs> but look, they are a very, very easy plant to look after. No pest and disease, a few pests. Uh, you know, you might get a caterpillar having a, a bit of a chomp or a grasshopper having, having a crack every now and again. Um, and just look with a nitrogen-rich fertiliser. Uh, once they're established here in Newcastle, they do do very well. I guess if you're up around Coffs Harbour, I don't, think, more so. I don't think we stretch quite that far, um, unless you've got a big FM aerial to listen to. Well, the app, you're on the phone, mate. The, the app, app works yeah, on okay, the phone. That's good. Got some good cross-promotion <laughs> there from us. Uh, look, yeah, most certainly a very nice plant. That's uh, a califer, different sizes, so... Great get, for the garden. Get into it. All righty, we'll come back with a little bit more. Linda is standing by. We'll talk to you before one o'clock. And something a bit of an interest, it's on again, the free compost giveaway. Uh, Mainland Council are a part of this. 288 bags of premium compost available. Uh, if you are a resident of Maitland, Cessnock and Singleton Council areas, limited two bags per household. It's like the toilet paper, isn't it, well, Scott? Look, you were talking about this before and I thought, thought you were full of... Uh, compost. Uh, yeah, yes, Compost. <laughs> Again, two per household. You've got to bring your ID, and it is taking place on Thursday, this Thursday, uh, 7.30 a.m. So by 7.31, they'll be all gone. Details up at the events calendar at 2NURFM.com. And we're still on the hunt for somebody that sort of whacked something up in the uh, in the shed uh, to sort of combat the weeds, or maybe anything else around the garden. I don't care how simple it is. It could just be someone's, you know, got three, you know, forks from their, you know, their cutlery drawer and, and welded them or tied them together with some string. I reckon there's something that someone's put together with zip ties and electrical tape. That, oh, zip know. ties have got me out of trouble a lot, a lot of times. Look, there's all, I also thought about the old spear gun. You could use your spear mm. gun head you could. on there as well. Or someone's just got a plough and they're just ploughing up the weeds. They could. Yeah, works a treat as well. All right, you've got a couple of minutes to get on with that or indeed any other gardening question. Make it as hard as you can. The last one, what's some hard ones? Yeah, ones are going to test his brain. Test the brain out at this late stage of the hour. Now, I went down to Sydney uh, a couple of weekends ago, and I was shown uh, a very beautiful area down there. We were staying in North Sydney. We went down to Lavender Bay, down near Luna Park. Very, very nice. Very swanky. It is very swanky down there. We were staying not in such a, a swanky area. Not We didn't have water views or anything Cheap like skate. that. <laughs> we're a little bit further up the hill. Lovely area down there. You can walk down to Luna Park, the, the pool under the bridge to Kirribilli, mm. uh, right around the foreshore there. There's a fantastic garden down there called the Whiteley Garden. Wow. And tell us about this Whiteley Garden. Yeah, so it's actually uh, Wendy Whiteley's garden. Uh, she, of course, is the uh, wife of the late Brett Whiteley. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yep. famous artist. Artist. Yep. Uh, Brett died in 1992, and uh, very sadly, and uh, she was uh, so grief stricken that their beautiful house that they had up there, there was this uh, disused railway land that went down the hill down to the this old railway that they don't actually use anymore. I did some research about that as well, and then further on to the harbour, and so she just sort of hurled herself into you know cleaning up this land and creating mm-hmm. this beautiful garden. It was just full of you know lantana, blackberry, privet. Um, you know, all the, the usual suspects when it comes to weeds in Australia. Uh, of course, it had been a bit of a dumping ground as well. Bottles, you know, old refrigerators, you know, everything down that anyone could have tossed in there uh, was down in this area. But uh, after, you know, a number of 
you know, a couple of years, she actually did get it all, all cleaned up and then started recreating uh, this beautiful garden. Apparently, uh, there, you know, this big sandstone wall down there as well. So it is quite steep, but there's pathways that wind their way down. Uh, and even though it, she'd cleared it out, uh, you know, there were some nice big remnant gum trees and other plants in there as well. And up near where their house is, uh, a fantastic, this enormous Morton Bay fig. I've never seen anything quite as big as it. So what's happened now is that there's this beautiful shady oasis uh, down near Lavender Bay, down below the houses there, that anyone can go in and have a walk around and have a look at. Uh, and, and look, when you're down there, there's uh, you know bronze busts, there's sculptures, there's stone tablets, they've got chairs down there, tables if you want to sit and have a picnic or even have mm. a game of cards or something. There's this lovely, lovely oasis in Sydney uh, that's, that's right down near the harbour. It's cool. Um, I'm just selling it, aren't I? Isn't it amazing? I mean, how many times would you have been down in Sydney, you've driven over the Harbour Bridge, you've driven through that area, and you just would not even know that such a thing exists right there in front of you almost? Well, I, look, I, I didn't, and um, it was my beautiful partner who actually showed me. She's spent quite a lot of time down there when she lived there and still works down there, and she took me down there to uh, to have a look around because I'd expressed an interest in it. We'd been you know, to the art gallery and seen some Whiteley exhibitions, and to actually go down there and see what was created um, yeah just amazing uh, look natives down there exotics herbs and, and the huge trees that's that's the uh, you know just this beautiful mm. shady area and look unfortunately then when uh, her uh, you know Wendy's child Archie died in 2001 then she sort of threw herself back into it uh, even more uh, look fortunately uh, you know even though no one you know, the state government owned that land and she tied it up for essentially on private use but for the public to go and use. Fortunately, now the state government has given North Sydney Council a 30-year uh, lease which can be renewed uh, at the end of that 30-year period. So it looks like it's, uh, you know, here now for, you know, everyone to be able to uh, enjoy and, uh, you know, sort of understand a little bit of the Whiteley, um, you know, legend. Again, how amazing is that? You just drive past and all the congestion and all the traffic and all the tolls... And right there, there's this just beautiful oasis waiting for you. And free. Free. Oh, where's Kev? He would love to hear that. He loves that. <laughs> that the other F word, free. Scotty Sharper, a fantastic gardening talkback today. Lots of calls. We didn't quite get there with the makeshift tools at home, but there's always next week. No, that would have been great. Some aliens, they could have come down with some lasers and taught us how to get rid of weeds. But they didn't call up either. I think that's enough from you, young man. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.